Hi, this is Ellie Meadows with Young Living Essential Oils. I invite you to skip the stress of the holidays this year and let Young Living take care of all of your gift-giving needs, from soothing bath bombs to delicious seasonal oil blends. Looking to make some extra money for the holidays? I'm currently accepting new team members who will have the exclusive opportunity to grow their business under the leadership of Jack Canfield, one of the top success coaches in America. For more information, find me on Facebook or Instagram under Oils with Ellie. That's E-L-L-I-E. Or email me, oilswithellie at gmail.com. Welcome to the Vitality Health Show where we inform you about the latest advancements in alternative health care and the best health and wellness solutions to benefit your body, mind, and spirit. Now, here's your host, Stephanie Parrish. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Vitality Health Show. I am your host, Stephanie Parrish, along with my co-host, Doug Crockett, and we are the voice of hope, healing, and miracles. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Stephanie. It's a great day today. It is a great day. We want to thank our sponsors, the Mindful Lab, where you can find clarity, connection, and peace. Look at mindfullab.net and the Sunshine Family Hemp, nature's side of health. Find them at sunshinefamilyhemp.com. Also welcome Oils by Ellie. There's an oil for that. Also check out our miracles when heaven touches earth. This is our own Doug Crockett's YouTube channel. And as a reminder, if you have any suggestions or comments, please email me at contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. We're going to get right into our show today. We've got somebody very, very special with us, and I'm going to let Doug introduce her. And then I'll kind of tell a little bit where she and I met a number of years ago, which is really, really cool. And she's on our show. I mean, how awesome is this? Miracles happen every day. So, Doug, go ahead and introduce our guest. Absolutely. I'm thrilled to introduce Anna Katia. Uh, I met her, oh, last February at a, at a film festival, and I appreciated the chance to be able to talk with her about her experiences. And so we got together, and she made a video series uh, with me on the Miracles When Heaven Touches Earth uh, Recording station. Recording in progress. And then she did a beautiful job there telling her story of her experience. And, and we have an opportunity now to hear from her, other her experiences, but also her her faith and her strength, and she's a strong woman, and she's got great abilities. And so it's our privilege now to be able to have her on the Vitality Health Show with us and, and listen to her experiences and her story. And Anna, it's a pleasure to connect with you again, and welcome to the show. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's so exciting. Now, I have to put my little plug in, Doug, because I've known yes. her for longer than you have. Yes, you have. So, <laughs> Anna actually came and was a model for me at my my clinic that I had in Salt Lake City. She was uh, modeling some of my equipment, my light therapy. I do a hyperbaric oxygen therapy clinic, as most of you know, light therapy. She came, it's probably been about four years, three or four years now, I think is what it's been. Anyway, she was beautiful then. And Doug's like, I've got this gal you got to interview and yes. see if she can come on the show. And I'm like, yes. wait, that's my Anna. What? Wait a minute. That was just <laughs> kind of funny that, that it was the same Anna that, that he had brought on. Absolutely. So we're going to turn the time over to her. And I want, I want you to, she's a fantastic actress, beautiful model, a wonderful mother. There's just so much depth to her. And she's going to tell us a little about her adoption story. And for me, I'm going to start crying. I got my tissues right here. <laughs> I have adopted three children as well as my own three natural children. And so it, 
any adoption stories just get to my heart. And, yes. and so when I, and I didn't realize that when I had known her before. So it's, it's really been, a, my heart's been very tender this morning on and knowing that you're coming on and knowing that you're going to share your story because miracles have happened. I that's, that's a few of my books are out there about the adoption process with my children. So beautiful. Haven't finished them yet. Wait, <laughs> but Anna does have hers done. So Anna, we're going to turn the time over to you. Just tell us your story and everybody listen. And she's going to give you some information in a few minutes, I believe about how to get hold of her book. Am, am I correct on that? Yeah. And some contact information. So make sure you have your pen and paper ready so that you can write down this information. Okay, Anna, we're going to turn the time over to you and I'm going to grab my tissue right here because I already know I'm going to need it. <laughs> yeah, it's that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me today. I have been really excited, looking forward to just be able to share my story. Um, I want to just, you know, to all the listeners out there to really emphasize, first of all, that any story we have and any um, experience is really important uh, um, as we go through it, as well as sharing it. So if you ever feel impressed to share yours, whatever it is, um, on whatever scale, um, that it is important. It truly is. And so this is an honor to be able to continue to share and to be able to um, know that there's some um, similarities amongst all of us um, as as we learn in our lives, um, our experience has been quite similar and also quite different. Um, so I'm, ex- I'm excited to be here and share. Um, and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's going to be wonderful. I'm excited. Go ahead. Yes. Thank you. Um, and so what I want to touch on first, um, I guess I was just trying to think of like where to begin and what I felt most moved is to, because it's Thanksgiving, it's giving thanks and focusing on, on giving. I was really thinking of those, those two things. Um, it was interesting because a couple of journal entries popped into my mind of the beginnings of coming to America. And I really felt those two, mm-hmm. those two entries I would like to touch on first as I didn't then move into my story. Uh, it's part of my story, but you know, move into that main frame of the story. So journaling for me is very important and it's actually a lot of um, good process for me as an adopted child um, to write down my feelings and how, um, especially when I was stressed or didn't understand things or different things. Um, but what was also important um, about the journaling is I didn't know that it was very important to my adopted mother as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when I went back and to write the story and write my book, I returned to these journal entries to find some um, pretty tender stories and I want to give the first because when I think of Thanksgiving and when I was thinking about it, I had recalled these, the simplicity and the basic needs of sometimes what we don't think of because we always have them. Um, And I recall it would be um, uh, December 4th, a cold winter here. It was very cold back in our day, a lot more (laughs) snow than now. Um, And uh, December 4th, the year of 1981. Okay. we we I think I'm not quite sure if internet's even running yet. Maybe it's a few years later, um, and uh, life is yeah. that brought back a lot of memories right then. Eighty-one, yeah, right? The dial-up, the AOL, different. I think that was the nineties even. Yeah, yeah. That's when I got older and could finally hop on. But so when I turned those pages, I I was reading along. And uh, my mom, my adopted mom's voice uh, tells of 
when uh, I, she, she had found, I'm sorry, she was uh, finishing up for the evening and she wanted to get us tucked in bed and get us comfortable, um, but she needed to finish some things in the kitchen. Um, and so she says from, um, in my journal entry from, you know, leaving the kitchen and coming to take care of the kids and there was eight of us and um, there's uh, two of my, um, my brother and sister that are biological and then one little sister from Chile. Um, we are located in, we're now living in Provo, Utah. And, um, and so um, on, this, on this evening, my, my mom comes to then have time to tuck us in and, and, and make sure, you know, we're good. And she's, she wrote, she wrote, uh, as I come to tuck the children in and, and tuck Anna in, um, I feel, I, 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 I make sure, you know, the sheets and blankets are on her. And then I feel things, you know, like around her in, in her clothing, you know, like you can tell like there's some bumps or whatever. And she uh, <clears throat> writing saying that um, next she, she, she shares how she had found the food um, from <laughs> the dinner just previous stuffed down, oh. stuffed down our clothes, wherever we could put it. Um, oh so you, you can <laughs> picture this. <laughs> Just right. this is a natural thing for us, apparently, that yeah. stuffing food, which my mom said, you know, happened a number of times. Um, stuffing that food down our clothes um, was what we were used to is it was part of when of, of uh, our knowing of when do I eat next. Right. What is mm. important to me? Um, <clears throat> you tell us where you were from, where, where your parents adopted yes. you from. Um, so I am from Costa Rica. Um, and okay. that's in Central America, just above Panama. Um, right. And yeah, they came okay. to us and adopted us. So they went to Costa Rica and then they researched the, the orphanages and there they found us um, at one of the orphanages yeah. in Costa Rica. Okay. So I want our listeners, listeners to understand why you are hoarding this food, <laughs> right? You right. were in an orphanage in Costa Rica and you really didn't know when your next meal was coming. Right? Yes. So that was a natural thing for you. Absolutely. And just the basics of the information I had was, you know, knowing that I um, really had very little um, and and my mother, my birth mother could not take care of me. And so that's where the state would need to. It was necessary at a certain point that they would need to come in and, and remove us from our, our tin shack and then wow. um, bring us to the orphanage. So mm. now how old were you, setting. Anna, when you were taken? And I was um, three years orphanage. old. Three years three. old. Mm-hmm. Wow. Three. Yeah. So in the okay. orphanage for about, you know, at least I think a year, year and a half or something. And then, then we were able to, um, take some, you know, some time, you know, as you might know, adoption and several other listeners. Um, but then, yeah, we arrived at three years when I was three years old, about three years old. So. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that detail. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, um, reading reading this and, and, and seeing that, okay, so I found now the food stuffed down Anna's clothes and, and you know, removing, because we don't want Anna falling asleep with her food, right? And uh, <laughs> removing that and, and tucking us in bed. Um, and then the second uh, journal entry was most touching to me because not just looking at it from my perspective, but someone else in in that um, survival mode was my um, my oldest brother. And we were just a year apart, uh, my sister, my younger sister, and then it went me, and then my older brother, and we we're all a year apart. Okay. okay. And um, so that's two, three, four. And as I read wow. uh, to that second journal entry, 
my mother had mentioned she was in the kitchen and she had gone to pull the milk out another day. She's in the kitchen, pulls the milk out and um, had spilled it on the floor. But my brother had rushed to to rescue that milk and, and, and lick up the floor. So he oh. licked up the milk off the floor yeah. and, you know, no, no scraps, nothing wasted. Right. Um, and, right. and I just thought even in my mindset years later, 20, 30 years later, it was almost like I couldn't even imagine that. I was like, oh, right. Like you lived how, it, but you couldn't even imagine it. Right. Yeah. Right. And to, to take that and go, wait, that was us, you know, and that was the state of our, our, our mindset and, and knowing. Um, so as I thought about Thanksgiving, those things, I thought of those, um, those small blessings, those small things of not considering that those stories had happened, not ne- I'm grateful to my adopted mother that she recorded those really helped me to oh, see, yeah. um, and start, um, be reminded, uh, you know, just from the beginning, from the day, you know, that we're the days that we're just starting to live in America. Mm. Um, that was our real, that was our real world. Um, yeah, wow. yeah. so, um, so, uh, what happened next is, uh, I, it would be a few years that there, I think when you're young, for me, I really felt like, um, I was given many blessings. I felt very blessed. And I think as a child, you're so accepting of just what's there for you and coming for you. And it's beautiful. Like everything's just beautiful. And I have a loving family and people that, that want me and that um, take care of me. And so I, I lived a pretty normal, uh, well, a bringing in in the culture of kind of Provo, Utah, um, and um, a great neighborhood, kind people, kind neighbors. Um, I never experienced anyone ever um, being negative or anything, which I I feel is a blessing because that's not always the case. Huge. Right. It is big. Upbringing. Um, as I got to about eight, nine, ten years old, it was almost like uh, my logical mind or, or, or just um, being able to reflect on who I was and really think more of just, oh, I'm here. And this is yeah. this is kind of like my family's like, you're happy, you're here, you're loved. And I was just moving and trying to understand to go off their words. Um, that kind of that started to change for me where I was starting to think, you know what, like, but how do I feel? Right. Where do where do I feel in in this family? And wait, who are you guys? <laughs> and I just started just trying to figure out your identity all of a sudden, right? right. Yeah. It was, right. there's some breaks in my mind of, you know, the reality, because, you know, you do things to soften things to cope. The reality um, started coming um, to the surface and I would get like sways of just like, wait, I know you're my family and I know I've gotten to know you, but wait, you you guys were strangers than if you came to just get me from another country and then it would just jog my mind like wait so if I'm not from another country and that's my home but you're telling me this is my home and so now my mind is just like oh it's time to figure this all out and I'm like oh really (laughs) like right now um and I was just so so young you begin to put all this together (laughs) that's that's pretty young Right. Yeah. As, as a child, that's pretty young to have all of that start happening. You're just trying to figure out life right then, right? And then to right. have all this coming to your minds too. I remember this going through with my children when that started hitting them. And it, it really is kind of a whole identity. Who who am I? Where am I from? Right. What what happened? Yeah. <laughs> right. It is. I can only imagine it at 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. And 
you are just just right where what you said. Um, the identity was a huge foundational um, mine. Um, where, where my thoughts were was uh, my my identity and me trying to identify with um, anything that I could grab at uh, to explain how did I get here? Why am I here? And in between, for me, what it turned into when I got a little older was that I felt that I was now between two worlds. I had this like American mm. life and two lives. I had this American life and I had this Costa Rican past. Um, mm. So I had like, and I had an American home and a Costa Rican home. Um, yet I had no information. I had very little information. It was, um, my parents were very open about my adoption. So anything they possibly could share with me, they would. Um, everything right. was always open. I could come with questions, my feelings, um, sit with mom, you know, it was just, it was great. Um, but they only had uh, the name of my birth mother, the name of the lady in the orphanage, which was my, not the, they call like the mama of the orphanage, which runs it. And then a couple letters from them. And it, and that's really it. And the orphanage was not set in the location where we lived. So I didn't even know where I was, like what city I was from or what, what city I was born in. It was just, wow. you know, just taken to something. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. um, I went through, uh, I went through a lot of things in my mind and my heart. So even though life could be so good, it didn't mean that I wasn't struggling. I was, I had nights that I would cry and I was very, um, so it was interesting because I was extrovert, but because of so much, I wanted to be introvert because I didn't want everyone to see me, even mm -hmm. as a little child, as, in the state that I was. I didn't want to put more work in, this is my, my thinking, to my parents to worry, right? They had given me yeah. so much, like, I don't want them to worry that I feel uncomfortable, you know, I feel um, uneasy or or I'm not understanding what's Your going on. Your caring heart comes out and says, I don't want to add more difficulties. I can understand yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Um, and I know all they were showing forth is love and so much right. nice, right? So, um, exactly. so I, I bottled that up and I don't know if I would say that was the best thing. Um, and that grew to really eat at me. But what I learned over time was very important is that for me, we had a religious home and we were taught about prayer and about hope and faith and different things. And I really grasped onto that. I became very active in that. And it just, I was a true big strong believer in prayer and in hope. And I would at times often get um, a, a peaceful um, feeling. I get comfort. And um, that was, I, I just always knew that there was someone or um, an, a feeling of uh, a, a, um, tangible um, support when I would pray. Um, so this would um, be one of like a foundational thing for me, uh, as well as the love of my family. So a lot of things were uh, within me. And as I um, kept going through life, I actually uh, had a wish that I had of my own that no one knew about because, you know, I was really good at keeping things to myself. <laughs> right. And yeah. I had a growing desire to go back home. I just knew as a child, I want to go back home. I want to mm. go back home. And yeah. so whenever my birthday would come, my mom, my And you knew mother, that it was Costa Rica, right? Go that, back home that, to Costa Rica. You knew that. Okay. Yeah. yeah and I knew it was Costa Rica. Um, and, um, and I did have the name of my orphanage. So, you know, go back there, you know, like just go back and see what I can find. Um, I'm still very young, like, preteens and stuff. But when my birthdays would come, even at eight, nine and 10, 
my adopted mother would make certain birthday cakes, like whatever we wanted. Like she's like, okay, what do you want? Usually it's like an animal or a shape or whatever. And so I would ask for a butterfly. And for me, Mm. the butterfly, what no one else knew, it resembled for the wings to fly. And I like that. that. (laughs) And what others really further did not know, which pulled out my heartstrings every time I had a birthday, um, was especially when the the candles were lit. Um, I can still hear it now singing happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. But my mind is thinking, looking at my butterfly cake each birthday would mean me making a wish. And my silent wish to myself Mm -hmm. was, I want to fly home. I want to fly home. Interesting. So I made this wish for many years. I want to fly home and I didn't tell anyone. That's a lot to carry as a child. That is. It was a lot. And you can feel that just it encompasses so much. Um, um, But so um, I continued uh, in that search and that hope. And I became something in me became to start believing about more, more than faith and hope. Started believing that there was something greater that um, could happen here. And it doesn't mean that I would get what I wanted. I just, I really started moving into, and maybe I had read up on it or I was really into reading up on leaders and everything, especially in my teenage years and uh, inspirational stories. And I would hear of miracles like all the time. And I started thinking about miracles and I'm like, I want a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A miracle. This is a miracle. This can be a miracle. Yes. And indeed. I want to go home. You know, I want this to be my miracle. But I also understood through prayer and many other experiences that we, um, we have humility enough to to say that maybe it might not happen and also it might not show up the way, you know, we think. So I was right. still kind of open-minded too, but it was very hard to accept. So anyways, I was, I continued in my faith and hope and belief in this, in this miracle and this, this quiet wish. But as the years kept going on and everything, um, life was good, but family has struggles, you know, and you have personal struggles right. in school and, and, and disabilities and just different things. I struggled in school with certain subjects um, and just different things with friends. And um, I just wanted to go and it wasn't coming about. My prayers weren't being answered. And when you're young, you just want it your way, right? The way it's yeah, right now. Even sure. when we're adults, we want sure. it right now. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Not a> wait. <laughs> Help me now. Sure. Right. So, I mean, I had gratitude for all I had. I had just so much thanks and, and I, and it was such a gift and everything, but, um, truly something was missing and truly I knew it would come and show itself somehow. Um, so over time, things got really hard though. And, uh, when I got older to be 18, I, I want to be a really sp- responsible kid, um, and have everything ready and prepared. I was like things prepared. Um, and so I planned to move out when I was 18. So I did that, that I carried out that plan and I moved out. And I, over time, because it was just so hard to know that this actually had not come about and I'm going 10, 15 years praying for something. Mm-hmm. I'm now um, 18 years um, now from when I was adopted at three. And um, 18 years later, um, I do, you know, I move out, I move to Orem, I move into apartments, start taking care of myself. But I start putting those journal entries away. I start putting away that hope. And mm. um, in a way, I think I, I, I gave up. I was just like, mm. 
it's been a long time. I've, 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 I've really worked a lot to hope and pray um, best I can. And I didn't really, I just didn't know what else there was to keep that going. That is a long time to be praying for something that's not happening. We have to remember yeah. it's in God's time, but sometimes it's like, no, no, no. I want it now. It needs to be now. Yeah. That's and exactly it was right. Yeah. You get to a point for, well, so for myself, I'd get to a point where I can do so much, but I think that's where, when we get to our point, we have to believe there's a point from our point beyond that carries us beyond that point. And it's usually for me, I have learned that's usually where the miracles happen is because then you're giving it all um, to, to knowing that you can't do it all. You can't carry it forth. You know, you can't call on it. Um, That's a good point. So you're giving up kind of the control of what you can take care of and saying, okay, to the universe, to God, to heaven, something's going to step in and, and guide the next step here to take us where we need to go. And so that's kind of the faith you're you're using there in this in this part of your processing. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Which is very really, very it's very really nice. hard. I mean, it's important, but it's very, very hard to do that because you, you feel like you're out of control. Like, come right. on, mm-hmm. this is what I want. It's not happening. So exactly. what, do, what else are we going to do to make this happen, right? Right. Exactly. So you have to just um, turn it over to God. <laughs> exactly. Time. I know. I had even tried to learn Spanish and I went to class <laughs> and I ended up with, um, like the first time I did Spanish, I ended up with a D because <laughs> if I learned Spanish, I could return and I could be able to get around my country because I hadn't even imagined who I'd go with and who would take me. Exactly. And I couldn't even do, I couldn't even speak my language. I couldn't even get a good grade in my class. And I was like, this is hopeless. This is hopeless. <laughs> How am I going to ever do this? I'm just, I'm crazy. Like I'm not, you know, like I just, I, I was just so hopeful. And I'm like, come on, Anna, reality check here. Right. Um, so that's where it just got so hard. But, um, but what I didn't know is that 18 years later, I'd be in the apartments and I would be going to my mailbox um, to get my mail. Now I'm a very habitual person. Like back then, just, I love things in order. I love the same ha- habits of my day. And so go to going to the gym before work was very important, especially to relieve, relieve stress. Right. Um, so I went to the mailbox and as I'm pulling out the mail in my gym clothes, <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, I hear from a distance, a man that's calling out to me and he's like, Hey, Hey, and I look over and I'm like, oh, he's about my age. And he looks really friendly and nice, a big smile. And he just yells out, are you Tika? So Tika means Costa Rican for women. And Tico means um, oh, the Costa Rican for the men. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm like, Tika? Like, I had never heard of it. So I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm Tika. But he's like, are you Costa Rican? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I am. He goes, so am I. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because I had never met a Costa Rican. So I'm like, what do I Okay. Well, what do we do now? Yeah. Yeah. Where do we go from that? So, on that note, we're going to stop for just a minute. We've got to take our break. That's a perfect place to stop. That is. I'm Costa Rican. I don't know what that is. What? what is why it? do you say that? What do we do? <laughs> anyway, so we're going to take a break right now. Um, Anna, do you want to give your contact information if anybody would love to get hold of you and talk to you about your story or your book? Yes. Um. So my contact information. There's a couple links. You can go to either my adopted, for change. That's the number four. Um, dot com website and mm-hmm. there if you fill out the form or um, you want to go to you if you fill out the form to contact you then I can be able to get a hold of you that way right now currently okay. my book is on paperback 
and so either be um, mailed or if you're local, um, then I try to go to people locally. Um, that's fine. Um, but okay. right now we're in the process of still trying to get it online as well as you can message okay. me, which is probably best or easiest is on Facebook. Just go to my adoptive for change Facebook group. It's my adopted. No, it's just adopted for change. Ad- adopted, adopted for, for the for, number, four number four change. change. C-H-A-N-G. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Facebook. And then um, they can message me there and just say, okay. you know, what they're interested or just adopted for change at gmail.com. It's a Gmail. And they can email me okay. there. Okay. Name, phone number, okay. and what they want. Okay. We're going to give that again. So if you missed it, keep your pen and paper ready. We're going to take our first break. We'll be back in just a minute. You don't want to miss the rest of the story. It's just getting good. Yes. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Learn more about the products and equipment discussed by Stephanie and her guests on the show by visiting MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. We've done the research for you and selected proven, high-quality brands at competitive prices from companies you can trust. Drugs and surgery are not your only options. Discover the exciting alternative therapies and health and wellness products that are helping people to reclaim their health and enjoy a higher quality of life. That's MyVitalityHealthSolutions.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to the Vitality Health Show with Stephanie Parrish. If you have a question for Stephanie or her guest, please email contact at myvitalityhealthsolutions.com. Now, back to the Vitality Health Show. Welcome back, friends. We are so happy to have you with us. We are talking to the beautiful Anna, and she is just talking about how she was adopted from Costa Rica and the stories that have gone along with it. And we're just getting back to the part where she's going to try to go back to Costa Rica and find her birth family. And this is a very tender, tender moment for me. Cause I remember when my oldest daughter found her birth family and just the, the emotions that go with it all people don't realize as the, as the adopted child and as the adoptive mother, which I can speak to mm-hmm. the emotions that go along with that. And, and the anticipation and the preparation and the, the concern and the worry and, you know, what's going to happen. It's, it's, it's just a mind-blowing experience. So if any of you haven't gone through it or you have gone through it and would like to share it, let us know. Because the stories of adoption I've, are just kind of mind-blowing most of the heart-rending, time. Heart-rending, wonderful Ab- stories. Absolutely heart-rending. And some of them have great endings and some of them don't. But Anna, I want to hear the rest of yours. This is so cool. <laughs> so we're going to just turn the time back over to you. The miracles are, are abounding. And we love miracles. <laughs> yes, we do. So go <laughs> ahead and take it, Anna. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Um, yes, yeah, standing there on the grass outside of my apartment 18 years later in Orm, Utah, um, and hearing from this man that he's Costa Rican and uh, identifying that now we have two Costa Ricans standing in front of each other. Uh, <laughs> also, 
came to know um, within just minutes, uh, just minutes, a small conversation that he was uh, not only Costa Rican, but um, he had uh, served for our church um, in that area, a mission. And uh, he also had gone back to his country and found his birth mother. Um, Oh my goodness. His parents were from Orm. And so they had adopted not just him, but a few um, of uh, other Costa Ricans. And that just heightened that interest in going, wait, so wait, this is just all about Costa Rica. <laughs> right. There's your first miracle. It just miracle. gave me so many goosebumps. Wow. There's your angel ready-made to help you accomplish this next mission. That's wonderful. Yes. It, it was a um, pretty quick conversation, and, and but also um, we knew that, um, I mean, this man just had walked out of my apartment um, and I had even asked him if he lived there. And he said, no, he hadn't even lived there. He just had um, had a friend there and he came to visit. And then he saw me um, in the distance. And so I was like, oh, okay. Wow. Um, but um, no coincidences, so, no coincidences. Right. Everything happened uh-uh. for a reason. Not at all. Um, in, a, in, in all of Orm, and when you account for how many people are in Orm just alone, you know, and then you, um, you understand a little bit more um, quickly just, um, what it says in my book about meeting him is that we um, had finished that conversation. And of course, I had been, I had not thought about a lot of this, my story going back and everything again, I moved on with my life. Um, and I literally vividly remember getting in my car after I had talked with him and just a flush of emotion and everything came to the forefront of my mind. And it had brought back all the passion of, and um, hope and faith that I had, um, been previously thinking about for years and it's and the thought was uh the two thoughts that came to me and question actually to myself was why am I thinking about um uh going back to my country and why am I thinking about my birth mother again because I really had put it in a closet closed my books and never my journals and never just gone back to that Mm. and never that that thinking um so it was now opening something when I drove away and I headed to the gym, I knew something was very different. And um, we had made it later. We had built a friendship over the um, next few weeks and uh, it was easy to communicate, go back and forth and be friends. And then he said, why don't I show you some pictures? So he did. We ended up going to my adopted mother's house. He showed me them. And then um, we actually found out while visiting there that his parents were friends with my parents and oh, incredible. That, Seriously. Yeah. And that That's in incredible. one of my um, baby books, while we were looking through it and looking through his pictures, he had realized that um, when looking at it, his adopted mom was actually holding my uh, younger sister from Chile. Her, his mom wow. had also helped my mom get my younger sister. And he, and he's, he was just jaw open. He's just said, what is my what what is my adopted mom doing in your baby book? Oh my Good God! Question. Okay. I just got—I just got God bumps all over my whole body here. And I had like, just met this guy outside in the middle of this grass area, and he didn't even live at the apartment. And he's like, "What is my adopted mother doing in your baby book?" Mm-hmm. And then that's my mom and <laughs> him figured out that they were actually friends. So oh of course they contacted each other, and they're like, "Well, this is so neat." Anyway, so we knew there was something that had happened there. Well, weeks later, he decided. Um, that um, and some and and some people that had gone to Costa Rica with him for uh, this mission, uh, this re- uh, religious service and missionary work, what we call it, um, 
they wanted to go back. Yeah. So he gave me a call and he said, you know what? We have this crazy idea. Um, we want to go back to Costa Rica and <laughs> we want to go visit those families and loved ones. Um, what do you think if we invited you? And he's like, not only that, how would you feel if I helped you find your birth mother? Perfect. Oh, and I'm like, perfect. <laughs> wow. Okay. Just goosebumps everywhere. Oh, that's perfect. Go. Okay, yeah. let's get to the rest of the story. We don't want to yeah. run out of time. Dang it. No, <laughs> so what if I helped you? So we boarded the plane. We got there and we need to make the first calls to the orphanages. And so he had done this before, which was the blessing, a huge blessing. So wow. he's like, I will get a hold of the government. I've already been through them, all the logistics and everything. It takes about six weeks to do any appointment. Um, and so he, and we were there for 14 days, as my book states, 14 wow. days. Right. So. Um, he got on the phones, he made the calls to orphanages, and he's trying to track down Norma Espinosa, which would be the mama of my orphanage, in hopes that she had the records or further information. And what we needed the most was the city name for me to be able to enter the city and even see if my mother, A, lived in the city or B, was even still alive. And mm-hmm. if she was there or within the city we could find, was she? Um, could I meet her? Um, so those were a couple, couple of things we were shooting for. So we did find the orphanage. Um, we were able to also find Norma Espinosa there. And she um, um, she was told, um, well, well, she she was in a meeting. And then her secretary at first didn't want us to come because we were supposed to make an appointment with her. Uh-huh. And the secretary became upset. It was like, I'm sorry, we have to come anyways. And my friend Wade was like, um, you don't understand. I have like her orphan here. <laughs> like, like she's returning 18 years later and she has to see her now. Like we're down to a few days and we <laughs> are not going back to America until she knows that she's here. Right. So we actually just drove there and stomped on in ourselves and showed yeah. up. And Forget protocol. Um, Force yourself yeah. into the situation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we called upon what we wanted and, and, and it went well. Um, I actually uh, had Norma um, be able to come out from a meeting and meet me. And it was a very emotional, touching uh, um, a reunion. I actually had recalled my whole body turning warm and filled with love and light. And then my, my, my heart, I had never knew this could even happen. I had realized that my heart could remember her love. I could feel her distinct oh, love wow. and that I knew her and that she was the lady that took care of me. And she, what I had called her was my mama, you know, so it's mm. like the other, other mama, you know, the other love but it was still in my heart. It was still ingrained in there. When I saw her, my whole body just changed. And she, when she looked at me, she knew my name and she called me my full name. And, and, and then she's like, you don't look anything like you, you, you haven't changed a bit. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> 15 years. Wow. Yeah. You were very wow. mature three-year-old, right? <laughs> right. Right. I, know. I was like, oh, I hope I've changed some, um, but very emotional. And then we, um, pressed her for it's a, just what can we do and she's like are you still looking for your birth mother I said yes and she's like well there's not a lot I can do but I can give you a card so she led us to uh, a lawyer and because we had waited that number of years she was now in a profession and a place in social work where she could be in touch and the the top lawyers were uh, at her hand like hand and foot wow. very easily um, without time that wouldn't have happened because she was just over this center but now she was very well known uh, to be over yeah. just in general, the whole um, social work. Um, so anyways, she referred us and uh, gave us a card and we went to now the Patronato, which uh, was also another six week appointment. 
And we approached the secretary again. And again, she was not very happy at all. Right. And this would be <laughs> this would be the goal and to attain the records. And so what was important to me is that I find the records um, and know more about my mom. Mm-hmm. So we asked her, we're here to find the records. And then she's like, okay, well, the lawyer's on lunch break and you don't have an appointment. It's six weeks. And we said, no, we need to see her. Fine. Well, if she sees you, she's on our lunch break, but I doubt she will. So we went. We went to her office. We talked to her and she was not happy with us. And she said, did you make an appointment? We said, no. And she's like, okay, then um, I, I can't help you. You're like, you're interrupting my lunch. This is really rude. <laughs> and we're like, you know, it's rude, but we, we know you're going to help us. And I consider, I, I always, always, um, if I could never kneel, I always prayed, always prayed in my mind and heart. And that's when I began to pray again and again, this specific time I prayed and, um, I had it clear as day tell me that she will help you. Don't worry. And mm-hmm. uh, the next words that came out of her mouth was, you can leave my office now. Wait, that oh. didn't quite answer my <laughs> Wait, prayer. that doesn't work together. That's not the right answer. So we That's, exited oh. her office and I was really like, wait, what? And I'm like, we're walking one way and she's walking the other way down the hall. And I'm like, wait, how did, how does that answer? How so does we, this answer <laughs> prayers help? Right. This isn't working <laughs> quite right. Yeah. Yeah. We keep walking, and then next thing I know, um, I hear, hey, hey, guys. And we're like, wait, what? And we turn around, and she starts walking back to us. And um, she comes right in front of me, and she stands, she stands still, and her demeanor changes, and it goes very soft and very kind. And she's like, I need to help you, and you need your records. <laughs> and not only that, you need them now, and I'm going to get them for you right now. You come with me and I will. Fantastic. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we did attend the records and um, we took them back to the house. We read over them. Um, It was incredible information. I did find out the state of my mother, which birth mother, which would be best before I meet her. She had some mental illness. Um, She was very poor. We lived in a tin shack and we would find out the city would be San Vito, which is just above Panama. And, um, and that I would be malnutritioned. I was at uh, third grade, which means fourth grade was death. And um, I would need to be wow. actually uh, taken to a nutritional hospital before I could even go to the orphanage because I want to survive. Um, but we were left wow. on the mountain and uh, the, the records would show that it would be to uh, several, several uh, times of abandonment, except for the state felt that with, the, with her state of being in abandoning her children, that would be the last time. So they actually came and took us from our shack, our yeah. tin home without her knowing because she was wandering to the mm. town. So she was known as the town. She wandered the town um, and she was an alcoholic and uh, just had a number of children that came from different fathers. So when I learned of this, I'm learning a whole different lifestyle, a whole different birth mother that I had ever imagined yeah. as a father. Right, right. Yeah, because in your mind, you picture certain things, don't you? You just have this, you have this vision of what it's going to be like. And now you're finding out a completely different story. Yeah, you're like, oh, I was in a tin shack. <laughs> like, I, you know, and it said in, in the tin shack, it would have a pair of shoes, one cot, and some coals. And I was like, okay, that's what they had described as when they had come to get us. Um, And then if we were lucky, we were dropped off food on the ground about every three months. So you were at a stage three Uh, in in your 
malnutrition as a little girl, stage three, stage four is death. But when they found you, you're at stage three and your mother is, is, is not around very much. And, and this is a situation. And now you're reading this as an adult thing. You're trying to process. This is where I came from. This is amazing. And so and now you're at this spot thinking, what am I going to do about it? It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Exactly. Um, it was so much to take in, but in some way, because the time was right and it needed to happen and the, and, and those, um, those blessings were being given. Um, I, I understood what was going on, even though it was a lot, um, yes. a lot to handle. Um, so we, we attained the name and that would be pretty much like our, our, our golden ticket is, uh, get, get the name, drive in, hope she's still alive and, um, go meet her. Right. That's, that, that's the dream. That's my miracle. That's what right. I want to do. So we, um, uh, with the several attempts now up till now, um, being scared that I wouldn't be able to get certain things. I was very grateful that, um, the lawyer had turned things around and really showed up for us. Uh, I knew and recognized that was a huge blessing. So then uh, we decided to, it would be the day before we had to leave because we had to take care of a lot of other things that would need to get us to those points. Um, and we're constantly with right. the government and different things because um, we're obviously rushing it. Um, so then we were able to get to about the day before we're supposed to leave. And I decide, you know what, we're here um, because again, I had to think again, do I really want this? It, you know, I knew this was going to create change. Um, and so we decided that we would stop in Panama for a few things. And then on the way back from Panama, I just knew, uh, as we reached, as we were headed towards San Vito, uh, we were going to, we weren't really, I wasn't really considering we would stop, but, um, I just looked at Wade and I said, you know what, it's time and we do need to, I need to go. We need to do this. And he's like, okay. Mm. He's like, let's go, let's go into the city. So we drove into the city. We headed up this, this mountainous, like just lush rainforest and beautiful, just so beautiful there and, um, and lush. And we entered a city with very colorful buildings and different people coming, like walking along, very busy in their day to carry food and, and bread and everything. Um, and we looked around and just said, okay, so how are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah. And now we had a t- <laughs> right we had her name and we had the city that's all <laughs> so we're walking into the city with thousands of people and what do i do i do what i do best and i prayed i prayed my heart yes. out i prayed with everything i am here it is the last day we have to go home tomorrow and wade had let me know if it gets dark we have to return home because it's not safe he cannot stay anywhere um right really late so we have to get back before it's dark so i said okay so what do we do from here he's like i don't know there was no address no gps no nothing um and it's not like you turn gps to find address because there wasn't an address to find there's no mailbox Mm. right um because she lived in this tin shack so um i said uh i said my prayer and then distinctly a clear a clear answer came and said um you can ask the people ask your people they will help you um, uh-huh. and then another answer came and I said, well, what, what will I do? They just see, you'll follow them. Um, and, and it said, um, listen to the yeses and ignore the noes. Listen to the yeses oh, and ignore the noes. Listen okay. to the yeses, okay. ignore the noes. <laughs> what does that even mean? Okay. I so love we asked, that direction. 
Yeah. So we, we asked several people around us. Some, um, the first lady was like, oh, yeah, I think so. You could go over to this area. And we drove a little bit more into the city. And then a man we asked was just grumpy and mad. He was on his way. Just like, oh, are you bothering me? Like, better things to do. Um, <laughs> so it was just back and forth emotions. Like, this is working. No, it's not. This is working. Um, and then right. eventually, as we kept asking people, we found ourselves pointed to or towards a certain mountain. And we started heading up it because of the Native people. We also were literally like hanging out of our car or windows going, hey, do you know Flo and Mena Hidalgo? Hey, do you know Flo and Mena Hidalgo? <laughs> and um, <laughs> and they, they would come up to our car and, and my people, very sweet and loving, always kind. And um, and they would say, yeah, yeah, I recognize her. Yeah, I think I know her here or there. Okay. And so um, they, they're talking about years ago when they had seen like, I think, I saw her like long time ago, you know, so we still don't know if she's alive. We mm. get to um, hours and hours and hours and it's getting later and we get to a, the top of the mountain and it's now close of day and Wade looks at me in all seriousness and he goes, look, we, we've done a good job. He's like, but they've gotten us to a top of a mountain to the point where we have to actually <laughs> turn back down the mountain. Um you can't go down the other parts. So we got to turn around. So if we don't find this, we need to go home and it's getting dark. So we don't have much choices, you know, many choices here. So I just took in a deep breath and okay, let's come on people. Like we gotta, we gotta show forth some. Now is the time. Yeah. So we headed up and just hope for the best and prayed. And, and, and we didn't run into very many people. Actually, we got to the top. We turned around and we had just headed down a little bit from the mountain. And then to the right, it was actually clear of people except for like maybe a couple, two people. And then a farm, a farmer, a, a, a rugged farm, farm man. Um, and we, we said, just ask, just ask him. We'll just ask him. And we're like, um, so we've been asking a lot of people, are you familiar with Flor Mena Hidalgo, the Hidalgos? Are you familiar? Uh, we don't even know, like, does she live here? Did she, we know she used to live here. Is she here? And, and then he, 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 he started nodding his head and yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, wait, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, well, what do you know? And he's like, oh, a floor. And he's like, floor. I, I just saw floor. And we're like, what? Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and oh we're gosh. like, wait. And so that was the looking at each other. Wait a night. Wait. And then it clicked. Oh, she's alive. He just told us she's alive. Like we just got our, right. you know, information hey, there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's alive. I just saw her two hours ago. And then we're like, well, where is she? Cause really we had gone hours up the mountain. Okay. So yeah. what point of, point of the mountain is he going to tell us now go down in more and more hour. Yeah. Um, and he turns around just slightly and he reaches out his hand and he points and he goes, you know, she's just down there. And we're oh. like, wait, what? <laughs> wow. we're, we're right here. We're here. We're here. You know, oh, and my like, no, just down those, go past the rocks. What was really incredible and miraculous, why we needed the records and why we need to get them and then read them beforehand was what we found out is the same place that were stated in the records of the city that I was born in and the state had described as us, uh, as him, pick, as them coming to get us from the tin shack was actually a description to the T recorded in the papers. And so when he told us to go down to the rocks, we went down to the rocks. And as the records had written, we, we 
saw in the records that next read, you will cross a bridge, you will hear the water. And we started hearing water and I thought, this sounds really familiar. Oh my gosh, that's what the records say. And then you will see a, a, a grove of trees, like these tall trees, like a clump of trees and stuff. So we saw the trees and I'm like, this, this is the same place. Um, oh and I can recall what it said in the records. And so I knew we were in the same place. And then it said, and then it will open up and you'll see the tin shack. And I was like, there, and there, oh yeah. we, we walked further and there was the tin shack. It was almost like it just opened up into a painting. Like there it was. Incredible. Like, wow. no there it was. And he, and he, and Wade said, I will go first and make sure she's there and make sure it's safe. Cause we didn't even know this area. Yeah. Um, we're literally on top of a mountain. Um, and so he goes and checks it out. He hurries back and he, he just, his, his face is just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, she's there. She's standing there. She's right by the shack. She's just walking around the shack. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, she's there. Are you ready? And I'm like, am I ready? <laughs> no. <laughs> so now I'm like, okay, I gotta make this decision. And it, a number of things happened that were very special, um, which people can read more of. But um, I had to make a really hard decision for myself because I knew it was going to be a big decision to to now to now see mom. To now see my right. mother. And Wade looked at me and he said, "I've done this before. I've been here. And I will tell. I'll just be honest with you." He's like, "But if just remember, he's like, you can choose to go home or you can choose to go forward." but I promise you this will change the rest of your life. Mm. So I'm like, wow, oh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What do I want to do? And I did, I, I looked at him and I said, it's, I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to do it. And I, I'm, and I got really quiet and he's like, okay, I'm going to go in front of you. He said, okay, I'll go behind you. And I started hiding behind him. I went almost as though I was the child and I went behind him and yeah. just waited and he, he he led me to her in front of her and I was almost like behind him where I could only see a part of her and then I stepped out from him and I looked at her and I was like oh my gosh she's so beautiful <laughs> and what Aww. I didn't know is that my birth mother looked exactly like me and I was looking Aww. at something very very someone and in, in, in a face that was very, very familiar because she looked just like me. Um, uh -huh. She was 50 at the time. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was incredible to see her in this white lilac dress. We talked to her, so we did talk, and he asked her for a hug, if he could give a hug, and she's like, no, no. He's like, well, can we get a picture? Because we literally had, I had 18 years, and I had about seven minutes with her. Um, the, the, wow. By this time, it was evening, and we had to go before it was dark, and so I talked with her. I had a lot of number of feelings, um, uh, so much of the past, everything was rushing back, all the past, present, and future, all the records, all the work, everything, um, all my questions. I ever had millions of questions from my childhood. Would they all be answered? Did they need to all be answered? And then I looked at her, and I know when we came to the end of talking, um, and she denied the hug, and, 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 and she turned down the picture, I was hurt. And I realized yeah. I'm kind of mad, <laughs> and, and yeah. I'm, I'm kind yeah. of upset. Um, and then I, I had some resentment in my heart, and I was like, "Why am I feeling this way?" Um, and then when I looked, I, I, I took some time, and I, I just kind of around me, and I knew we had to say goodbye. And when I looked down, she had stepped forward to me, and I saw something in her hand, 
And I'm like, what is, what? And she reached out her hand and she handed me a cucumber. A cucumber. We, we've got it. We're closing now. I need you to tell really quickly what that symbolizes. And then we we're, uh, you guys got a book. Okay. Yes. So really you quickly, the symbol, symbolism of the cucumber. So the symbolism of the cucumber was her giving me everything she had and me realizing um, also because she had given me everything. Um, and I now that, you know, that's all that she had, that I was, that she was enough and that I was enough. And that everything comes close. Now time for me to go home and live the rest of my life fully and to forgive her and to love her and to believe in miracles again. Yes. Amazing. Okay. Oh, my gosh. We could talk for another hour. Anyway, yeah. I want you guys to go look up Adopted for Change. And that is the, le- the number four. And that's at gmail.com or on Facebook at Adopted for Change. Correct? On Facebook. So we're out of here. Ani, it's been a pleasure. Love you to death. This has been great. Doug, love you. And everybody have a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Vitality Health Show. Be sure to tune in next Thursday for another informative show with Stephanie Parrish and leading health and wellness experts. That's Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a wonderful, healthy week. Statements made and information provided on this program are for educational purposes only. They have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products discussed on this program are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Vitality Health Show is not responsible for any misunderstandings or misapplication of information presented in this show. 